I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled and another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you guys, we're going to rock some cash. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and... And Karen, rabbit out folks in making a dash. Mm-hmm. I know this one. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have messed this one up. No. Um, but, uh, this is, uh, Wednesday, last day of the week for us. Yes, it is. Um, then, you know, next week, you know, we may or may not be here. We might take a week off. Uh, we'll let you guys know how that's going to work. Um, but what is important is we don't, we're not doing the show alone. As you guys can hear from the voice that you heard, uh, people that have, premium subscriptions you should have heard his voice before he's done a couple movie reviews with us yes um people that have listened to some of our guest appearances and stuff uh i've been on his show cinema fix before um uh, with he and uh monica castillo um and uh this is first time ever getting to be on the actual podcast podcast i'm excited but uh it is the host of the agents of shield cast uh, which I'm a member of. Uh, hopefully you guys are listening to that on iTunes. Those of you who listen to Agents of Shield and I mean, watch Agents of Shield and want to hear different opinions on it. Uh, it's a good recap show that we do every week. Um, you can also find him on Cinema Fix. You can find him on filmgeekradio.com. Um, uh, he's also a managing editor for Movie Mezzanine. Um, and he runs a blog, Cinema Meditations at Patheos.com. Did I leave anything out, Andrew? I think you got everything. And yes, I, I'm pretty sure that people realized that there was a guest on when they they heard me open up the show and they were probably like, Who's this white guy <laughs> on the show today? Like they could tell right away. Well, you are not the first uh white man ever be on the show and you will oh, not be that. the last. So that you know, they, they probably got excited and said, A new person to break in. We don't recognize this white man's voice. So um first things first, man, um, How'd you get into, uh, you know, movie criticism, movie reviewing and all that stuff in the first place? Cause that's kind of how I know you from, uh, Cinema Fix and, um, Film Geek Radio and, you know, some of your television review shows and all that stuff. I've been reviewing movies professionally for around eight to 10 years now. And I, I first started to really get into criticism when I was a teenager around 14 or 15. Um, and, and I've, you know, like most people, I grew up with movies. My family watched a lot of movies. And when I was 14 or 15, it, I just started to, to really just get into to how movies were made. And I started to watch a lot of more stuff and started to really think about, okay, how are these things put together? And more importantly, what do they mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, how, do, how do people come away affected by movies? And, and what if, how do movies interact with the greater culture as a whole and that's really what got me got me started in film criticism and i've been uh doing it ever since what was, do you remember the first movie you reviewed oh i don't know <laughs> it's been so long ago i remember when i was a teenager i had a a, a cheap awful looking angel fire website where I used to post some movie reviews. And I, I think maybe one of the first ones I did was probably around 10 years ago, 2003, 2004. I remember I, I wrote about the Lord of the Rings 
maybe the Passion of the Christ, mm. uh, Fight Club. I think when, when I saw Fight Club, I, I wrote about that. Fight Club. That was a movie that that played that played a major role in my life. That movie really just got me thinking and and really pushed me towards film criticism in a lot of ways. Now, what was the movie that you first remember? getting into like arguments about because you know i i listen to your show um i like and i know that i'm very opinionated with my own stuff um like i actually find it hard to listen to most review shows because i'm so opinionated i'm like no i disagree with this Mm -hmm. you know they should think (laughs) like i'm thinking you know but obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion but like what was the first thing you reviewed where people were like no andrew you got this wrong and i'm i don't like you anymore because of this Oh, oh man, I, I can't, I can't remember. Honestly, um, I haven't gotten a whole lot of like really vitriolic hate mail or anything like that from people. Uh, I mean, I've had people tell me that they disagree, but no one's been like, oh man, you're so wrong. I'm going to come burn down your house or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so thankfully nothing, nothing too bad. Because I feel like with the internet now, and especially if you get more and more successful, that just is part of the territory is that someone yeah. somewhere is going to be like, gonna say you something. know, I have to physically assault you because our and, opinions are different. And he must not be doing the the ones that have the nerd rage all over him. So now he talks about <laughs> he talks about a lot of them like, uh, you know, for example, like what do you think about Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises was an okay mediocre movie that unfortunately was too bloated and too long and too messy to really be any good see now i feel like people should want to fight him for that because it's like I, yeah because it's like i i was not gonna I, I don't agree with that and and it's you know it's one of those movies that got like a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes from fans so you know it's something where you would expect people to be like oh hell no nah, i'm about to take you to task for this but uh, maybe he says it in a way that people are not taken as uh, inflammatory or something like that. But that, that's true, and a lot of times it might depend on the tone and things like that. What what movie have you ever uh, critiqued? And you watched the movie, and by the time it was finished, you was like, "This is the worst shit I have ever watched ever." How do I put the words together to tell people that this movie is so bad? <laughs> Oh man, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. I have no idea. I've seen a lot of bad movies. Um, I remember when I first started re- reviewing movies in college, I went to a screening of a movie called Over Her Dead Body with Paul Rudd and Ava Longoria, and it was so awful. I just, it was one of the most, uh, some of the most fun I've ever had writing a review. I think because it, I, I had nothing good to say about it. I just sometimes it's fun, you know, to just pile on it and, and bash a really bad movie. And with a movie like Over Her Dead Body, that's just that's just asking for it. That's just asking for people to, t- for, to for, for, for people to say, you know, don't see this movie. You know, you, you should never see this movie over your dead body. Right. You know. So um, that was a really bad one. Um, but but film criticism is is interesting and. Because I, I I tend to be the kind of guy I'm not necessarily as interested in persuading you that I am right as I am in trying to have a, a, a conversation about the movie and figure out what it means to people and, and and what it what it speaks to in terms of the culture what it could mean for movies in general because um, obviously I'm not going to persuade everybody 
Um, and, and people sometimes aren't going to be able to persuade me. But if we can at least find some larger issue to, to talk about regarding the film, then I think that, that that's a victory. So I, I, I like to try to find um, uh, common ground whenever I can. And I'm open to changing my mind. Uh, I really am. Um, sometimes I change my mind in ways that people like, and other times I change my mind in a, in ways that people don't like. For example, Rod, I don't know how you feel about the James Bond film Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I, I love it, actually. Okay, well, 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 that's good, because when I first saw that movie, um, I didn't care for it very much. I thought it was a pretty lackluster follow-up to Casino Royale. But um, in the past year... I've seen that movie three or four more times, and I'm now convinced that it is the most underrated James Bond film, that it's it's definitely in the top seven or eight, possibly even the top five yeah. James Bond movies. So I am open to, to having my mind change over time, and it's great when that happens, especially yeah. if I go from not liking a movie to really liking it. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same way when it comes to, like, like my thing is I think opinion should be kind of fluid. Not that, like, uh, it shouldn't be about I said this thing, so therefore I must always stand by that thing. True. Because I feel like things do change. Pe- we as people change. change. Your view change. Yeah, sometimes I just understand something a year later that I just did not even possibly understand when it first came out you know so i I think that and then also um another thing that happens i think a lot of critics like get caught up in um you'll go to a movie or something you might be tired you might you know it might be a late it might be late you might be you might have had a big meal you know i went and saw um and this is always like a questionable example but just follow me here i went and saw the hellboy 2 which i completely did not like in the theater I was tired. I had played basketball. Um, I like fell asleep for like 10 minutes of the movie, woke up, didn't remember what happened. And I remember people were like, did you go see Hellboy? And I'd be like, yeah, man, it's fucking terrible. I can't believe they made it. I was so bored. I fell asleep. And then I watched it again, like later on on like HBO on a random like Saturday afternoon or something. I made it all the way through and I was like, I don't know why I thought it was as bad as I thought it was. I still don't think it's good, but like, I just thought it was like, you know, a B movie when I watched it the first yeah. time. And then when I watched, then when this time I was just like, okay, it's a hero that I'm just not into, but the movie's not terrible. Yes. And also I think for me too, which is something that, uh, I consider when I'm listening to people who critique movies, do you like that genre of movies? Because to me, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't like that genre of movies, me as a fan, I automatically dismiss almost everything you have to say. Because a lot of people, well, there might be exception to the rule, but most people automatic shit on it because they just don't like that genre of movies. Well, then if I'm somebody that's really coming to you for you to really critique it, I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting a fair perspective. Not that you yeah. got to like and love everything that you watch. Don't get me wrong. But if you're already like, well, I don't like uh, comic book movies. Or I don't like such such a movie. Or I don't like movies with violence. And it's like, okay, why am I coming to you to critique something from, I guess, from, from my perspective, from a pure and honest perspective, when you're already, to me, you're already coming at it or, 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 or critiquing it from such a negative point of view in my opinion yeah i think you have to be aware of your bias and that helps because you know i've like there's some critics that review like well i'm reviewing for the new york times and that means that the people reading this have families Mm -hmm. have people reading this have a certain income level 
they're expecting a certain type of you know a uh, trip to the theater and i could see why that guy goes yeah um batman may be rated pg-13 but um they putting guns in little kids heads and shit don't go see this i'll be like i get that guy yeah, true. you know i get why that guy goes this this will, this will scare the shit out of your 13 year old or 10 year old or 8 year old or whatever um but then there's other times where people are just like this thing um sucks or this thing kind of is about the business of movies like matter of fact um andrew like in the last you'd say you've been doing this about 10 years in the last like 10 years what things have you seen kind of change in criticism what things have i seen change in criticism oh man um well i mean the explosion of the internet and social media in particular has definitely changed how people talk about movies and sites like rotten tomatoes I think are great because they can give the average consumer just a, a quick snapshot of like what the critics are saying. The problem is I think people suddenly it, culturally it, it's easy to get stuck in this mindset that a movie is either good or bad and that's yeah. it. And then that's all there is to it. Or a movie is the greatest thing ever, or the worst thing ever. Yeah. And the truth is there's, it's so much more than that. Um, a movie can be bad but still have some really good or at least interesting things about it that are worth discussing, that are mm-hmm. worth thinking about, um, that, that, that are worth uh, talking to people about. Um, and, and a lot of good movies, you know, I might enjoy them overall, but they're not perfect. Right. Um, and so I think it's easy, especially now in the, in the age of social media and in, in the age of instant reactions where, where you know, I, I'm the same way. As soon as I see a movie, I'll hop on Twitter and tweet my initial reaction. Um, and I think that's fine. It's just important for people to realize that 140 characters isn't enough space to really adequately explore a film. Right. Yeah. And 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 if you if 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 you're just looking at movies um, as a mode of entertainment, that's fine. Maybe that's that's all you need. Maybe all you're looking for is a consumer guide. Uh, you're looking for a critic who's just going to tell you, "Is this worth spending your money on?" And if that's all you're looking for, that's fine. I got no problem with that. Um, but Personally, I tend to prefer critics and, and, and people that that aren't just looking at, is this movie worth your money? Is it entertain, entertaining? I like to go a little bit deeper and talk about in and, and more detail how things work. Um, and, 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 and you just can't do that with an instant yes or no reaction. Mm. So I think that's definitely one of the biggest changes I've seen uh, in, in criticism. Yeah, I, I, you know, also like the, there's t- a couple things I've noticed in my time, just, you know, because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of movie reviews and stuff. And I had to kind of slow down because um, to me, the Internet and competition kind of ruined reviewing for a lot of people because yeah. uh, once it came down to like page hits and like who could get the most like Views. likes on a comment on on Rotten Tomatoes or who could get this kind of the snarkiest headline um some people i feel like it kind of lost integrity because it kind of became like a roast of movies you know um and that's one of the things that kind of like changed criticism for me because i feel like uh you know if it anytime you put a profit incentive behind like hey uh i need you to click this and i only have like a title and maybe a blurb to get your attention then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you know if i go see world war z and maybe I think it was a mediocre movie. I didn't, you know, it didn't blow me away. 
I, that doesn't get your attention as well as much as if I said World War Z, more like World War Z's and a whole bunch of like, <laughs> like that gets, then it's like, well, and let a man me, going to sleep. Right. Yeah. Like, let me click on this and see what this, what this guy's problem with this movie was. Um, so I, I always think like that was one of the things that kind of changed. Um, and then the, the other thing that, that really changed, um, movie, we know so much more about behind the scenes of movies now and we know yeah, it instantly that we didn't know before. Yeah. And I feel like it's good and bad because on the, on the one hand, as a fan, I've kind of always wanted to know some of these little things, you know, like who turned down this script, who, you know, who was up for this role and didn't get it. Uh, uh, you know, th- things of that nature. Who wrote this? And how many times was it rewritten? And, you know, and spe- but, but it also kind of has a, the catch 22 where if I don't like a movie, then I go looking for that stuff to be like, this is why it sucked. Where it's like, well, I didn't like the Tron Legacy movie. And then you go, then you just like, well, you know, it's boring. I didn't like it, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden you look up a few articles. Oh, it was rewritten seven times by six mm-hmm. different groups of writers and, you're like, yeah, see, that's why it sucked because the writing, I didn't know that before. I just didn't know I didn't like it, you know, but now I have right. information. I can be like, well, did you know Brave changed directors because the lady was taking too long? I didn't know that when I was watching the movie, but when I, at later when I was like, Brave didn't hit home for me, I, I suddenly know it. And, and now I'm using that to analyze the movie in hindsight. Uh, which may, which, you know, it might really just be me hunting for an answer that isn't really the reason I didn't like that movie. That's true. That's true. Um, and, and you bring up a good point just about how much information is available nowadays about what goes on behind the scenes in movies. For the past two or three years, I've done my best to avoid knowing a lot about behind the scenes stuff with movies and yeah. I try to avoid as, as many trailers and as much marketing as possible, yeah. not because there's anything inherently wrong with it, but just because, to be honest, all of it, including news stories and scoops and everything, it's, it's all marketing. And mm-hmm. it's all designed to get you set certain expectations in place and get you hyped up. And if, if, if you go into the movie seeing it and then it doesn't meet those expectations, that could affect how you view the film. So... Now I try to go in as blind as possible with most things, um, and I only look up, you know, stuff about the production and what went on after I see the film. And I found that it um, it is actually pro- it's probably made me enjoy a lot more things that I wouldn't have enjoyed if I'd gone in with different expectations. Right. Yes. And if I don't like something, I can be pretty honest with myself when I say, well, it wasn't because it was overhyped right. for me. If I yeah. if I've avoided most of it. Yeah. And that has actually helped a lot. Um, the other thing regarding criticism that I, I think it's important for people to realize, and it, it, it seems obvious when you say it, but I didn't even fully realize it in, until I started writing film cri- criticism and until I just started seeing so many more, more movies. Film critics see a lot of yeah. movies. And I think, a lot. I think people fail to realize for a lot of people – like you go to work eight hours a day, they watch movies eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. So their perspective is a little different. And to me, sometimes I think it becomes draining. And also a lot of people fail to realize. And once you once you understand that, you understand why the obscure foreign flick that nobody else is going to see. But but critics, 
get nominated because they go, ooh, something different than the normal structure that I see 50 times or 60 times or 80 times in a year. Mm-hmm. But for the average fan, they're like, what the fuck is this? I'm not reading subtitles. Why did this person <laughs> win? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but for them, they're like, it's something, it's, it's like a diamond in the rough to a critic. But to the average fan, they're like, I don't comprehend this. Yeah. It's definitely that because I, like I said, I listen to a lot of podcasts and especially when you have people that are so like into the, like criticism is their livelihood. Yes. There's nothing else they do. So they're, they're constantly seeing movies cause they have to. And there's a lot more bad movies than good. Yes. Yes. And to top that off, even your good movies, a lot of times, the difference between a good movie and a bad movie, we were actually talking about this on Ages of Shield cast. We were like having a discussion about like tropes and like how certain mm-hmm. things are like kind of constants in different kinds of TV formats. Um, like the last Ages of Shield starts with a, you know, flash forward kind of, and then it goes back and tells you how it built up to this moment, right? Mm-hmm. That happens dozens, I mean, thousands of shows, literally thousands oh, of shows. Yes. But it's at that point, I've seen it, so I'm not as excited by the idea of them doing it. So now it's about execution. And that is like the only thing that separates your, some of these good movies from these bad ones is like, True. this, you know, Dark Knight was able to execute this thing better than this shit movie that I saw that tried to do the exact same thing. And I think that a lot of times with critics, if I see that trope a thousand times, at some point, the level of execution required to make keep me interested is gotta it's gotta be higher because i've seen it so much i know what's gonna happen in an hour you know now it's just how much time are you gonna waste before you tell me what i already know that that that's true and i think for me once i understood that i kind of lightened up on critics Mm -hmm. because for a very very long time and i know you're in that crew Andrew, I was like, fuck critics. I was like, I don't give a goddamn what y'all talking about because you're shit Mm -hmm. and you're angry about everything. And I'm not an angry person and I'm not a mad person and everything that I love and I think the best, I I read it and y'all going, this is terrible. This is bad. And I'm going, I don't understand how could you have that perspective. But then I was like, oh, this is their job. They do this. Like, like, like I literally had to reprogram how my mind thinks and also Critics are forced to watch things that they might not always want to watch. I watch things I enjoy, good or bad. I watch them out of my choice of enjoying it, not because it's my job. So my perspective had to had to change. Now I still disagree with a lot of them, and I think that uh, uh so, that not not you in particular, but I think that a lot of critics are very biased when they go in. But I can respect the opinion a lot more than I did before. Oh, absolutely. And I think the key for, for, for everyone, and, and especially critics, is to always keep an open mind. And you're right, because we see so many movies, it's easy to th- go into something thinking, oh man, this is just going to be another one of those formulaic movies I've seen a million times before already. It's not going to have anything fresh or new or exciting. I'm going to be totally bored. And But, but a good movie is going to be a good movie, and a good movie can overcome that. You know, true. So I I can't uh, count the number of times that I've gone into a movie thinking I don't really know much about this. I'm probably not going to enjoy it very much, and been really surprised at how good something was. So you know, it kind of goes both ways. And I think the thing people need to realize is that is that critics, 
you know, the, the average moviegoer goes to the movies two or three times a month. Critics go so much more. They see so many movies. I mean, uh, I, I think I see between 150 to 200 movies uh, every year, new movies that are released that year. Wow. And I'm, I, that's, that's not even close to com- compared to what some other people and some other critics that I know see. I mean, if, especially if you're like the critic for the New York Times – um, or some of those big publications that you get sent screeners, you go to festivals, you see so many movies. I mean, you'll, you'll see a minimum two to 300 movies every year. And a lot of that, it just has to do with, there's so many more movies coming out nowadays. Um, and not all of them are being, getting wide releases. And some of them are only released in New York and LA. And so some of yeah. them, you know, only certain critics will, will get to see. Um, but when you see that, many movies I, I i think you're right um there is a tendency to maybe be, be willing to give something a pass or to like something a little bit more if it's just being different or if it's yeah. just trying to do something different just because so many movies follow the same beats and you get used to it and you can you can predict what's going to happen um and i think that's where a lot of the divide comes uh between between just more casual fans of movies and and critics it's not that we're pretentious necessarily or or that we uh are smarter than people or anything like that it's just that we see more so we tend to be more informed and a lot of us have studied film and we know the history Mm -hmm. of film and we have you know decades of film history that we're also uh drawing upon when we look at movies so it's just it's just a different perspective yeah you know um, like like uh also um there's kind of a separation because i think you can be like critical of a movie and still enjoy it true you know what i mean like a movie can critically fail at certain things like mm. the, you know this the the you know the storytelling wasn't that well that that well done or maybe the it wasn't that well written or it wasn't that well acted but it may have some things that it either knocks out the park or that just work despite its flaws. Um, like for me, uh, I think, uh, the latest, uh, Riddick film was terrible. Like, Oh really? It, yeah. Okay. I think, I think I it was like that one a lot. I think it was one of the worst movies, um, to come out this year. It is also one of my favorite movies this year. Like, cause it, <laughs> it is like, I, you know, cause I, like I couldn't tell someone to go see this in any good consciousness, like conscience, Cause I, I know that, you know, it's, some of the dialogue is like really bad. Like it, it, it really feels like a dude that just lift weights all day came up with a lot of the dialogue for uh-huh. the, the lines that the one liners and stuff. Um, a lot of 80 sentimentality in it, you know, um, just, um, so, you know, some of the special effects are like really kind of low budget or, at least they don't pop off the screen. You know, you can kind of tell that they were like, look, it's not going to, we're not spending a hundred million dollars on this shit. Okay. We got $30 million. That's what we're spending. And, uh, we're going to make four movies, you know, but, but the thing is, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I had a smile on my face the entire time. I walked out of there like, Oh my God. Uh, that was perfect. Uh, but at the same time, I think it was, you know, critically, I could see any critic going, yeah, uh, this is terrible. <laughs> Don't go see this. You so know? the worst shit I've seen. So, so, so like, I, like, I wonder, like, um, if critics, 
ever have that same type of feeling where it's like well i enjoyed this but for my job of what makes a movie good or bad going by the things that we typically judge a movie by it i can't tell you it's good you know right um i mean i i could i could sort of see what what you're saying um i mean personally i i saw riddick i really enjoyed riddick i'd recommend people go see riddick mm-hmm. i think it's a legitimately good movie mm-hmm. um you know and i i can see how some critics or or some people there might be a tendency to think oh well it's just it's just a, an action movie starring vin diesel or it's a sci-fi movie it's a genre picture mm-hmm. it's not quote-unquote high art or anything like that but the thing is popcorn movies can have stuff to say too popcorn movies are are, are relevant to the conversation as well and it, it, I, I don't think it's fair to completely dismiss them. Um, and, and I would say Riddick is a legitimately good film. Okay. Um, and I don't think you have to feel guilty about enjoying something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 99.9% of the time, at least. I mean, yeah. I, I try not to be like, like if I, if I hate a movie, I, I'm sure I sometimes fail in this, but I try not to be condescending towards people who like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even something like Twilight, which I, I just loathe. And I've I, never I, seen any I, of those. <laughs> I hate what it represents. I just hate everything <laughs> it stands for. And, and it's, I think it might be easy to be condescending towards people that like Twilight, and I'm sure I have been at times. But I would never begrudge someone their enjoyment. Right. You know? And yeah. if, you, yeah. if you like it and you have fun with it, hey – Good for you. I wish that I felt the same way. I wish I had that enjoyment, but I didn't. I'm glad you did. Yeah, and 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 that's one thing that uh, I can respect because this it's a lot of stuff. I like shitty movies, and I will admit I like terrible ass movies. I love them; they make me happy. Uh, but I do understand uh, people going, "Well, I didn't like that," and it's one of those things where I don't. I'm like you. I don't shit on other people's happiness. But if I don't like something, I will make it plain that I don't like it. Like, a lot right. of people like Salt. Salt is a terrible, shitty-ass movie to me. It's just bad. Yeah, I didn't like it Um, either. But you, but it's a lot of people that swear it's the best thing ever. I'm like, cool, I'm glad you like it. Well, it's I not, didn't. they don't even swear it's the best. They just keep bringing up that Angelina Jolie was in it. But she's been in a lot of movies. And she didn't even get naked in Salt. So, what the hell are we talking about? You know, I hate when people do that. Because I was like... Yeah, I didn't like Saw. It was kind of boring, written, you know, straight by the numbers. Uh, it was Impossible White Man, though, so maybe you guys will enjoy that. And then people were like, but Angelina Jolie's in it. She's so hot. I'm like, there's pornography <laughs> on the Internet. Like, if you really need to see a naked woman, you have a cell phone, you have a laptop, you have all kinds of ways to see naked people. Don't let that be the reason you spend $13 at the theater. Go see something you might in- actually enjoy. Um but like, um, like going back to the Riddick thing, right? So with Riddick, if someone told me like they didn't like, um, they thought that it was written badly or like the dialogue was really, uh, corny and over the top, I would not save that movie. You know what I mean? Like I would be like, it really was, but that's well, why, right. I, and, that's and, why and, I and like it. To a certain it. extent, that's arguably what makes it fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. That, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I if someone told me that and they were like that's why I didn't like it I'd be like that's cool but that is why I like it like for the record like the same reason you don't like it make which I would not even try to save this movie from I oh, agree no. 
but that's why it's awesome like mm-hmm. i i giggled at every single like line that he uses gravelly voice to like foreshadow <laughs> Like it, it really should be called Riddick was right about everything. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that, from like every single line he says just foreshadows something that happens later that he is absolutely right about. Um, in, in every single situation. Um, another now another question I want to ask, like of the movies you've seen this year, like what was your like? Give me like two or three of your most enjoyable movies this year. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually have. I've been making a list throughout the entire year of of everything I see and ranking them from best to worst just okay. as an experiment and, and just sort of he, see how my tastes change over the year. Right now, my number one film is Spring Breakers. Okay. I don't know if, I don't know if you saw Spring Breakers. I didn't see right it. Now, I heard a lot about it. That's my number one film right now. Uh, there's a movie called Fill the Void, mm-hmm. which unfortunately didn't get released widely. It's an, it's an Israeli film. Uh, I believe it's coming out on DVD in November. Uh, people should check it out. Um, let's see. Uh, Before Midnight came out this summer. I really enjoyed that film. Uh, in terms of like a wide release mainstream movie, mm-hmm. uh, I've got one in my top ten. This okay. This is an example of a movie that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Purge. Okay. I loved The Purge, and I was not expecting to. And I think there are a lot of things going on in that movie that that are often overlooked. By critics, I think it has some very interesting things it, it's trying to say and different uh, levels it's operating on. I don't. I, I'm planning on rewatching it before the end of the year. I don't know if if I if a second viewing will lower my opinion of it. But right now, it is in my top ten of the year, and 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 and, and that's one of those movies that I, I you know if, if 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 I tell most people it's in my top ten, they'll just be like, why? Mm-hmm. And I can fully understand that reaction. And it's one of those cases where. I think I probably got something out of it based on my interests and my passions and the way the things I tend to look for in, in the things I tend to look for in movies that most people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I, I would like to have that conversation with people and explain what I liked about it. But I also understand not everybody else is going to get that from the film. Yeah, that's interesting, too, because, you know, that is one of those movies that critics and fans gave like very low ratings on like yeah Tomatoes. most most people i've talked to said it was terrible yeah so but i'm kind of but i'm glad that you like that not that i haven't seen it no, but i'm either. glad that you like a movie that other people don't like in in general uh just so that you know how it feels you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so that, like I, I think all critics should like something where it's just like no one else likes this and then i can go well at least you know how it feels you know because i think um a lot of people when you listen to like a, a a podcast where people are giving their opinions on something like you know that you either support enjoy don't like whatever there is this kind of idea like Oh, you're, you're the guy on the mic and you don't even, you don't even understand, man. You don't even get it. And, but then to know that they have their, well, no one gets my movie. The Purge is awesome yeah, and, and you yeah. guys don't get it. Uh, I feel like that, that makes it more relatable. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think people have a, have a tendency to have a disconnect. Cause I know me and Roderick, uh, or, or, or at least people listen to critics. They feel like critics have a disconnect, but the critics are people too. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I know me and Roderick, we literally are 
go to the movies more, a lot more than the average moviegoer, especially in the summer times where a lot of the action movies come out. Mm-hmm. We will literally go every weekend a lot of the times for months on end doing high seasons. Or if shit come out on Wednesday, we'll see something that come out on Wednesday. Then go see something else on that Friday. So we watch uh, uh more than most people watch a lot of movies. And how does it feel when you sit back and you go, okay, I went to school, I got this education, uh, you know, I know all this, you know, background about cinematography and all that stuff, and you have somebody listen to go, yeah, 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 I don't care nothing about none of that. <laughs> Did you like the movie? Um, I mean, I, I personally, I think that's a very simplistic question, and I would prefer not to be forced into a situation where I just, where I have to say, yes or no like mm-hmm. that because most of the time it's not yes or no Mo- unless it's a movie i either just really loved or really hated mm-hmm. you know it, it, it might, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle um and and if you don't know someone if you don't know like their taste and and, and what they're yeah. probably going to like it can be hard to say to say um you know you should go see this movie and i i, I think that's important for 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 consumers as well as critics to realize um you know when a critic states his or her opinion, that critic's a person too. He's just telling mm-hmm. you his mm-hmm. or her subjective response. He's not speaking just to you. You know, he's just speaking to everybody and saying, here's what I thought. Here's what I took from this movie. And, you know, when I write a review, even if I, if I loved it or I hated it or I'm passionate about it, um, I, I would much rather get a conversation going. If you disagree with me, I have no problem with that. Just tell me why you disagree, what worked for you, what didn't work for you, and and let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um I think I think that's all it comes down to me too is like the conversation is actually better than the rating of a movie, True. It's better than uh you know, your final thoughts or whatever the con- you can see how many minds ticks. Yeah, and then the conversation sometimes I learn stuff from the conversation where I'm yeah. like I didn't know people looked at such and such a thing from this perspective. Um, the only thing about 2013 that's been weird for me is I felt like this year had some really solid movies that I actually enjoyed, but it was kind of ruined for me because I think the best movie came out in like March and everything, nothing has been able to give me that same like feeling of just inspiration and like, oh my God, everything about this movie was perfect. They nailed are you, it. Are you, are you talking about Olympus has fallen? Yes. Uh, yes. Olympus has fallen, uh, was to I, me. I know you love that movie. Yeah. It mm-hmm. knocked it out the park. park. Like just like, we had so I had, much fun. I had like decent expectations. I tried not to get myself too excited, but like it, every time I saw a trailer, I was like, I, I have, I have a feeling that this movie could be special, but there's a million movies like this and they, and almost all of them, uh, suck ass at some point, you know? Yes, they do. Right, right. And I, I mean, I mean, I, I liked that movie. I, I didn't love it quite as much as you, yeah. but I enjoyed Olympus has fallen. Uh, I enjoyed white house down. You know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with making a, 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 a popcorn movie where your only goal is just to entertain people. I think yeah. that that is, that's fine. That's wonderful. Um, I think there are obviously better examples of that than mm-hmm. others. Sometimes a movie can do that well, and sometimes a movie won't. Yeah, like well. I like personally, I'm not a big fan of White House Down. Like I, I feel like uh, that one got a little too comical for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to throw a couple more, couple too many jokes in there, and I was like, "Motherfucker, they're attacking the White House. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing funny about this. Like y'all need to get to killing these terrorists and stop with the buddy comedy stuff." But um, at the same time, like uh, I, I, you know, um, I, I with with Olympus has fallen, it just it also had the idea of expectations, and I think what uh, a lot of criticism and a lot of just fanhood is about managing expectations. And once something supersedes your expectations, like, like, uh, Olympus is falling dead for me. It's really hard to like get my gauge back because I've seen other movies that I think were actually good, if not better, but I can't, like, I don't have the same feeling when I leave the theater. I saw, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, which I think was a very great, it was a good I film. I enjoyed that. It was a really good film. Yes, it was. But I did not feel the same way I did after olympus is falling i man. think olympus is falling in the raid now the yeah the now, raid to when, like two oh, years man. ago yeah like when I, I can honestly say out of all my movie watching that i've actually did in the movie theaters the raid was i can't explain it it was one of the few movies where i literally like screamed like i was at a concert the whole time yes. watching the movie and i think it was the fact that it was me roderick and asian chris in there mm-hmm. with like eight old people and in and, and like a theater and we literally you'd have thought we was watching football like we literally <laughs> had to jump up and like hold each other down like it was just hilarious yes we were like still oh did you see that oh i mean we gotta sit down and we're gonna miss something right and I have never, I can truly say, I have never felt that much enjoyment. And, there, and I don't no, know if there's going to be no, another movie that's going to do that. And there's no quantifying that. Because, like, like, there's no way to put that in a review or to even express <laughs> it on our, like, when we do review shows, there's no, like, remember when we saw Machete? Oh, that's another good one. Like, that the, <laughs> that theater was so good. Like, the crowd was exactly, exactly perfect for Robert Rodriguez. They all got it. They laughed. At the exact best. shit that was supposed to be a joke. Um, and they took it with the exact amount of seriousness, which is kind of none, you know. But I could not replicate that for anyone else who asked no. me, how was the movie? I can't be like, well, it was okay unless you see it with like 70 drunk white college students. Then it is fucking awesome. It, like, you know it, what I mean? It, it, how do you control yeah. for that? You you just can't. And- when we went to go see Machete, and it was one of those like 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 uh the right one of magical moments because everybody would bust out like like if we would have went with and seen it at uh, a regular theater, we wouldn't have got that same vibe. Right. But everybody busted out laughing, kept saying it was ridiculous, but had a blast the whole entire movie and I think that also dictates how you feel about the movie if you have the right audience too. Yeah. But. Definitely. And I think, you know, re- regardless of what the crowd experience is like, I think as a critic, if, if I come away from a movie just feeling that much joy and that much enthusiasm, it's my responsibility to put that into my review and to just mm. communicate, find the find the right words, find the right expressions to communicate. This movie was incredible. I had an awesome time watching it and you should go see it. Um, you know, and, and, and crowd experiences can be weird sometimes but have you guys ever been in a movie where you were the only people reacting yes to something in that way yes uh-huh. it that, was that, rise of the planet of, of the, the apes, apes. <laughs> which is 
and I stand by this, one of the greatest movies of all times. Yes, it is. Hands down. It's basically prison break for apes. And, but <laughs> it is, but it's amazing because so many people in our theater, cause we went to like a kind of a upscale theater or whatever. So so many, like, it's, it's like a really big statement on class. It's a really big statement on race. race yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, oppression, slavery, mm-hmm. all this different stuff, right? So it was really funny because Karen and I got it immediately, but we were probably also the only black people in, in the, the theater. theater. So we kind of got like, oh, no, no, no. The humans are not the good guys. The humans are kind of the bad guys yes. in this movie. They're, you know, they're treating right. these apes like shit. And we, like, for two hours, we were laughing when the apes got their revenge. The facial expressions. We were angry when the apes got yeah, angry. angry. When Caesar, like, grabs his leash and says no. no. And when Caesar uh talks to... uh uh was it Joseph Golden Levitt or or whichever one of those uh one of those dudes and he was like um Caesar is home when he got to the like Redwood Forest or whatever like those moments were like so triumphant for Karen and I like we were looking at each other like I can't believe this happened this is the greatest thing ever and literally the rest of the audience is like what the fuck is happening? Why <laughs> are these apes winning? Yes. When are the humans going to beat the apes? Yes. I don't understand. And when we left, it was such a baffling. Me and Roger walked out like, this is the best movie ever. And people around us going, I'm confused. Why, yes. why did the humans lose? I, I was I smiling. <laughs> we were smiling in people's faces. Like, that was good, right? And they were like, that was horrible. Yes. They like, did I not don't, comprehend. What was, they was like, we died? I don't understand. Yeah. They're like, so what happened? You know, like, what? When were the, are the humans going to come back in part two? It's like, uh, no. no. It's, it's the title pretty much says it all, by yes. the way. Have, but, you, have you watched the older movies? Apparently not. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Doesn't end well for us. They're oppressors. That. That's what happened. Yeah, right. that's, that's the important thing. <laughs> oh man, see, see, that's great, and and that brings up a, a, another point that I think people sometimes forget, which is that, I mean, yeah, everybody's opinion is their own and it's subjective. But why is everybody's opinion subjective? Because we all come from different backgrounds. We all come True. from different classes. We all come from different races. We all come, but we all have different life experiences, mm-hmm. and all of that factors in to our perception of a film. And that's why it's so important to be open, not only to, to changing your mind on a movie, but just open to other opinions and other sides of the conversation. Yes. Like, I, I enjoy, like, seeking out uh, criticism and essays and, and opinions from people that disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking to know, like, okay, if I didn't like a film but you did, what was it in your experience? What in this movie spoke to you um, that I can learn from? Right. And it could change how I view this film or view uh, other movies in the future. And that, I think, is, is what's really important, is how, how, do, uh, how, how does our own experience as individuals shape how we view movies and view popular culture? Now, last question, and then we'll get into some of the pop culture and, and news and all this stuff. But do you, as a white dude, ever, like, worry about, like, reviewing films for like african-americans latinos like other nations other like you know do you ever go like do i not have the life experience do i not have the right uh you know uh background to really judge these because one of the things i found is uh like i i used to listen to this one podcast a slash film cast for a lot of people 
i don't know if they heard of it but you know it's one of my it was it was one of my favorite podcast to review but then i remembered after listening to i think it was the Django Unchained review um where and it wasn't even that i just disagree with them but like i kind of had an epiphany of the fact that they don't really review black movies pretty much at all you know unless it's like um like not even like not even no not even the mainstream ones like just like they pretty much don't do black movies like oh okay at all so they just skip them yeah like like i think the last one they did was and it's arguably uh black quote unquote was um the one that starred Quivenjane Wallace. Um, what was it called? Oh, uh, Beast of the Southern Wild. Yeah, yes. I think that was the last like quote unquote black movie that they actually had reviewed. But you know, um, they just passed over so many other movies that they were quality enough to you know every once in a while you might want to check one of them out. You know, or if you were just gonna make the argument, well, we only do mainstream movie. Well, some of them were made enough money some of them got enough okay. sales that would warrant a at least a, a review, review or a mention even if it's not like the hour-long review it might be like oh yeah we saw i don't know medea does some goes to camp i don't we know we thought it was good or bad or terrible. yeah, it, yeah. It, and i and the thing is not even to say it's good i would be 100 percent behind them being like it was it was terrible. fucking terrible yeah, like i don't I get understand. why people like tyler perry it's a horrible movie but um i've always kind of felt like there's like an uncomfortable unspoken like i'm not gonna talk about these movies because i don't want to piss anybody off because i might not know what the fuck i'm talking about so i'm just gonna i'd rather either not review you know um uh red tails or if i do review it i'm just gonna say it's good and just walk away from and, it like and not really critique it like yeah. like i do other right. movies right i saw red hook summer uh spike lee directed it so it must be good the end let's move on yeah. to something else instead of being fair yeah so do you ever worry about that or you ever feel any kind of pressure about that i i worry about that a lot um and it, it's part of it's just because i'm entered in sociology and i i'm really interested in just like power dynamics and, and race and gender and class and, and just how people relate to each other and, and, and how we how we might sometimes unconsciously um, be, be biased mm-hmm. in, in certain ways without realizing it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you listen to our podcast, Cinema Fix, there will be frequent episodes where Monica and I just really try to dive into, like, okay, what is this movie saying about class or, or gender or, or race? Is this movie sexist? And if so, how? Mm-hmm. Is it being sexist? Is it is it fair to overanalyze it that much? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so so I, I I think about that stuff all the time. Um, and actually, I just the, the last movie I reviewed over at moviemezzanine dot com was Baggage Claim, mm-hmm. and that's a movie aimed primarily at an African American demographic. Mm-hmm. And so I was just very worried going into that movie. <laughs> like, will I be able to adequately? experience this way this movie and and write a a fair review of it not being black and not having that experience mm. um and, and 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 so so it does you know weigh heavily on my mind and you know when it comes to quote unquote you know black movies yeah. if, if you want to call them that you know it, a lot of it it's it just it comes down to like any other type of film it's all about exposure mm-hmm. and knowledge mm-hmm. and and the more you expose yourself to something the more you're going to learn about it get a feel for it be you know ha- be able to offer a more balanced critique of it um so like for example i haven't seen any 
Tyler Perry movies. I don't Good think. for you, sir. Yeah, you're very lucky. <laughs> very lucky. I mean, if if you say so. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> take my word for it. Take my yes. word. Yes. Um, and so there's a part of me that that thinks, okay, if I'm ever assigned a Tyler Perry movie to review. Like, part of me feels like I would have to go back and watch a lot of his other movies. Yeah, you probably would. And, and do a lot of research be- and before I could adequately feel comfortable, you know, looking at one of his films. Um, and I and I think it, it, it's like that with any other genre. You know, you mentioned earlier that sometimes people might be hesitant to, to look at documentaries or foreign films yeah. um, or, or genres that they're just not exposed to. As much, yeah. Um, I had I had it, to do this with Harry Potter, by the way. Like oh, I want, yeah. I wanted to go see the Harry Potter like last two mm-hmm. two movies, and I was like, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you could just go see them anyway. I was like, you know what? Nah. Let's go back to day one, man. And let's watch did. them all, and it was worth it. Let's get the the whole background and the feel. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read the books, but no, I will no. go w- watch watch all those them. movies. Yeah. And you know, I I was thankful that I did it because it did give me better perspective on the last two movies. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's important to be willing to to do that. I think, and it's so easy to get stuck in in these assumptions. Like, oh, that movie has subtitles, so it'll be extra work right. or something to watch and to read. Even like, come on, right. people read every day. You're always reading. You're reading text. Mm-hmm. You're reading online. You're reading Twitter. It's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal to read. Um, and and the more you open yourself up to other types of movies i think the better and you and people are going to find that yeah there might be a lot of those like like any like any type of movie there's going to be movies of that genre that you don't like but there's also going to be a lot of movies that you just discover and are surprised by that turn out to be absolutely fantastic so i it's just a, a matter of being willing to expose yourself to new things. Yeah, True. I like, I, and I do like that you at least reviewed the movie. You know what I mean? Like, because like I said, I like did. that was kind of my my issue was like, man, like I was, I, I, and I didn't know it was even an issue until that moment because I was like, wait a minute, I've been listening to shit for three years. Like there had to be some, like just a a, a handful that you just have to sit down and go. We're going to review because this because it hit the radar and yeah. talk about it for X amount of you know you know for X amount of time. But you know it, it just had that where that moment where I was like, so we can talk about you know before sunset or before sunrise or whatever it was. Like we could talk about that for an hour and we can't f- talk about any of these movies for like twenty minutes or something. Um, so it did kind of have that moment, but it, it's like. If they would have reviewed him and said, well, I don't get it or I don't like it, I would have taken that too. It's like, well, hey, you didn't get it. I get it. At least you tried. Mm-hmm. That's your, mm-hmm. that's part of your job. Um, all right, man. This is the Blackout Test podcast. You can find us on the blackouttest.com. Um, the show is a show that we do five times a week. It's a comedy podcast. Me and my wife. The motto of the show is nothing's wrong if it's funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the official weapon of the show is the taser. Unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys leave us five star views on iTunes as we promise to read each and every single one of those, regardless of content. Uh, we would love to know what you think about the show. Uh, this podcast is also sponsored. It's sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions. For one week only, they are giving away a free copy of the Dead Room Pilot episode on DVD. Dead Room, of course, is their new TV series that, uh, you know, they, they actually got like locally syndicated and all this stuff, man. Yes. So proud of those guys. I um, know. They be grinding. 
yeah it's so awesome to work with you know people that are able to accomplish you know things and work hard for their dreams mm-hmm. if you purchase at least four dollars worth of stuff on their website shadowdollproductions.com that's just four dollars go to shadowdollproductions.com and buy a couple audio plays you know we have the blackout tips audio play pack that's four dollars and has like four or five different audio plays in it where karen and i do some professional voice acting yeah you can buy four four dollars that's that's four audio plays from us Mm -hmm. or you can get one of their movies um then they will send you an absolutely free copy of the pilot episode of their upcoming tv series the dead room this dvd will never be on sale so this is the only way to get a sneak peek before the series airs next june this offer is good for one week starting now so if you guys are hearing this in the sound of my voice go spend four dollars at shadowdollproductions.com so you can see a sneak preview of the dead room man before it even airs um like I said, man, Dexter uh, always supports us, and uh, it's always been fair to the show, man. So let's uh, let's get into some articles, man. We have plenty of articles here. Um, I only had one random thought, and that was uh, I saw we talked on the show the other day about uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken is coming out with these things called Go Cups, mm-hmm. and they're basically food that fits in your cup, cup. holder of your car made design in the cup yeah like chicken wings uh and potato wedges they might as well just blend them and make them a drink <laughs> right because <laughs> kfc's new bolo shit you know <laughs> but um but they i saw the commercial for it and the commercial just happens to be uh like slightly racist like that was the yeah. <laughs> it was two cops and the cops are like on patrol and then like an emergency happens right and there's a white cop and a black cop and the white cop's like oh it's an emergency we got to go out there and help these people and the black cop is like uh yeah you go ahead and stays there and eats the chicken and doesn't get out the car Mm-mm. and i was like you have to switch the races in this one right yeah. like <laughs> you, whoever whoever did like green lighted this commercial they just needed like one black person on set to be like, no. You need to reverse that. Black man. dude goes to say the crime, white dude eats chicken. chicken. Come on, guys. Can't. That would eliminate <laughs> the letters that you're getting ready to receive. <laughs> right. You cannot have <laughs> the black dude that will not save lives because of chicken. That. It was hilarious to me. Yeah, I laughed, but I was me like. Me too. They have no idea. Like, I just no. laughed because they fucked up. Um, all right. We talked about, yeah, uh, for the last couple of days, of course, the government is shut down. So, uh, anybody that wants to, like, uh, go out and do crime, now's the time, guys. Do it at the national parks, cause they mm-hmm. all shut down. <laughs> Don't pay your taxes now. Now's the time, you know? Ain't nobody the IRS. Go to the store, and when the store is like, uh, that'll be 395 plus tax, you say, mm-mm, not plus tax. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not paying for the shutdown, buddy. Um, but, uh. We're living the, we, we're living out the prequel to the purge, I yeah. think. <laughs> we might be, man. Beginning uh, steps. Uh, you know, the other thing, too, I like about it is I now have a new trash talking line that I use when I play basketball. Uh, if I play good defense on somebody, I'll say, oh, I'm going to start calling you the federal government because you just got shut down. And uh, they all have the same roll their eyes, annoyed reaction. But uh, that's what I'm going for. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the writing in Riddick. Like, I, I want you to be annoyed. Well, apparently, uh, Republicans are not planning, of course, any new proposals to, like, stop oh. the shutdown because it's way too early for that. But 
they are thinking about like making some proposals to keep certain things open of course that people are getting pissed about so that they can still say it's a shutdown but then people will be less pissed um (laughs) for example they don't I mean, want no riots. Well, yeah, it's a political game, obviously. We and we said this at the beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like we're gonna shut the government down, except for the defense budget. Like, well, the defense budget is like the biggest part of the budget. Yeah, <laughs> like we we don't want any problems. All right, guys, those guys have the guns. Um, <laughs> but yeah, House Republicans are planning no new proposals on the first day to shut down to fully fund the government, but they will introduce three small bills that would continue funding for veteran benefits national parks and museums plus another measure that would allow the district of columbia to continue operating using its own revenue which would you know eliminate a lot of those like hundreds of thousands of government jobs where people aren't like getting paid Mm -hmm. so now you can just put it on the local budget and and make the money come out of that so people won't miss checks and then it won't it'll be like a quote-unquote painless shutdown yeah the 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 thing about it that's funny though is that I'm still giving you the side eye. Y'all can put all these provisions all quick to extend shit, but y'all can't do the big shit. Okay. Also, mm-hmm. like, as, you know, obviously if the president passes it, it will make him look weak. And if he doesn't, then they can kind of go, well, it's his fault, guys. He won't even pass the damn thing. We, we're trying, you know, cause a lot of it is politics. They know that he can't budge and he kind of knows that they can't budge. Um, and then also, it's it's sad that it's politics because this means that literally the idea that people will be going without and not getting a check is going to be the only motivating factor to get the government back, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. It's going to have to be enough angry people. Right now, not enough people are angry. But, you know, if it gets to the point where it distracts out weeks and months, mm. There will be a serious people. People will start showing up at these people's houses, you know, and and it could get really ugly and really nasty. Um, and I think they don't want to go there. Um, and it's one of those things where it's a stare down. It's gonna be who's gonna blink first, the president or the Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something. Me and Ross talked about this last night. We didn't have. We didn't. We never had to go here. This is something that could have been prevented. Um, and it's one of them cans they kept kicking down the street because every time it came up, they never bought it up or either they'll go around or they, they'll find money to extend it a little bit longer. Um, and, and it's one of those things when we do talk, we don't want no two month review where we come back to this shit again right before Christmas. Go ahead and do whatever it is you got to do to solve this problem. Yeah. Right. And, and my first thought, I mean, I'm no, I'm no political expert or anything like that. But my first thought when I read this story, Rod, was I noticed, okay, they they want to they want to uh, keep funding veteran benefits. Okay, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But one of the main things that they also want to keep funding is national parks and museums. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, okay, why is that more important to you than say <laughs> uh, bringing funding back, either bringing uh, you know certain jobs back right. or refunding something like the FDA or yeah. uh, NASA or the EPA? And and you're right. I think it is playing politics i mean national parks and museums those are public spaces they're visible and tourists that go to dc yeah to visit some of these places well, a lot of them uh, are free and, 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 right and and they realize that they can't get in now because the government is shut down people that's when people are going to start noticing oh yeah the government shut down maybe i should call my congressman yeah and is one know? of the national parks and museums 
is one of the things that the media has like latched on to. Yes, it is. Because it's easy to right. send a camera out there and be like, look, the Yellowstone gate is closed. There's Yogi Bear. He's starving. There's no picnic <laughs> basket. So like it kind of makes it more like, of, well, if we can get that open, then the media will probably like die off of this because, you know, they're not going to go find people who's like, food stamps and welfare benefits have been cut and mm. and like they're not you know, getting any assistance they, yeah that's they not have, that's not as easy as yeah, just like putting a camera they, somewhere that's stay at home because you know daycare ain't open up today yeah that's not as, as easy to like get people on board with but it's very easy to be like wait a minute we can't go to yellowstone yeah and i didn't realize this and i guess it's because like you said because the media rolls on this this time of the year is when people start going for like the fall leaves and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So people are like, Hey, you're affecting e- whole economies that kind of hotels, you know, people canceling hotel reservations, campsite reservations. And so people are losing literally billions of dollars across the country. People going, Oh, y'all shut down. Cancel my shit. I'm not going now. Like we got an email and I won't say the guy's name because, you know, he's, uh, currently like working for the, the government and stuff. But he wrote me and said, uh, good, good start to the podcast. The troops will get paid just hella late if the shutdown happens. Uh, mm-hmm. co- contractors will get an extended unpaid vacation. Some of those folks were crying in there at work. And by crying, he means literally not like whining. No, no, literally like, tears. Yes. <laughs> uh, it even trickles down to the bagging guy in the commissary or grocery store for a bit. He gets money and then his benefits cut off. Uh, kind of feels like they used us as hostages to agendas. Yes. I'm going to get my money eventually. They will not, uh, no insurance, no unemployment. In a few days, sudden, they get cast into limbo. Anyway, dude, love you getting that out there. You know what I do when I heard the same eight song. Oh, did he, he wrote, he wrote something about the post that I made about Grand Theft Auto. Um, but he basically says if Grand Theft Auto radio gets repetitive, turn it off and listen to podcasts. So thanks. Thanks, man, for writing us. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it, it kind of is just this like, you know, this big ass game to, to these people. But they really are playing with people's lives. Yeah. And the thing about it is right now it's small because the average American citizen, it, this does not affect. Right. But for the people it does affect, it's a huge impact if the bread maker of your household. Bread winner. Bread, bread maker. Bread winner. <laughs> of your household does not know when a paycheck's going to come. And if the bread winner of your household did not get paid yesterday. Right. Yeah. That was the first, right? Yes. Um, but Hey, don't worry about it guys. Now I know as, as movie critic, you'll definitely appreciate this. Andrew AMC (laughs) movie theaters is stepping up in the absence of the federal government, you know, giving people their money and said, look, don't worry about it. Federal employees impacted by the government shutdown can use their free time to see a movie and get free popcorn at the courtesy of AMC theaters. Oh, they didn't say free movies? Uh, no, free free popcorn. They didn't get paid. Well, no. well it does say in, in this article uh, that the purchase of a ticket is not necessary. To receive the article, to receive the offer. So I guess that means if there are any starving federal employees who need something to eat, they can go to their local AMC and get some popcorn to munch on. Mm-hmm. Even if even if they can't afford to buy a ticket. Yeah, and that a popcorn is like currency, you know, because yeah, popcorn like popcorn $12. is yeah twelve dollars uh, for some free popcorn. You know, you go out in the parking lot, hustle that, 
you know sell turn around now you make it twelve dollars a box man like Uh, you gotta you guys gotta think outside the box man don't let the government hold you down uh speaking of the government holding people down tom clancy is dead y'all that's right first casualty of the uh, government shutdown right Mm -hmm. there yep Ah! he wrote a lot of books about the government and then ironically he was shut down on tuesday ain't this the dude the video games yeah, oh, that's, that's yeah, another. Does. No, Tom Clancy okay, does I, have. I, I thought, Lord, did I tank that one too? But no, but he is the same dude. Yeah, he does have several okay. several video games franchises based off of uh made books the, that he's written the and billions characters. of dollars. Uh, of course, he has movies: The Hunt for Red October, uh, Red October, uh, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, uh, the character Jack Ryan, which has been played by seventy five different white dudes. uh that dude is his so like um you know rest in peace man he was uh, he he created a lot of cool impossible white men especially you know a genre that is near and dear to our hearts here Mm -hmm. so um you know he's definitely in the black out tips hall of fame man uh rest in peace uh tom clancy uh i thought this article was funny it's not guess the race or anything but it's just funny um a radio shack worker mm-hmm. punched a customer for being sarcastic ah <laughs> they must have got fed up they were like look i will not take you criticizing me no more this other customer just cussed me out by some d d batteries we do not have in radio shack because we the only people that have d batteries yeah anyone that's ever worked behind a counter in anything knows this is kind of everybody's wet dream like man yeah because a lot of people are very 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 nasty to people when it comes to custom especially the sarcastic ones yes because you know it's like well can i help you anything can i help you with anything can you like (laughs) oh man i wouldn't punch that person right you know yes this this is my job if somebody asked the people go to radio shack yeah you know radio shack is one of the few places it's almost like gamestop where you could go in and ask them questions and they actually kind of know what the fuck you ask but like yeah can i have a transistor radio yeah we got transistor radio back here what kind of transistor radio you need they can kind of go through it with you mm-hmm. versus you looking and they hunching their shoulders you hunching your shoulders and everybody lost yeah radio shack is like one step up from the pawn shop it is me, it's almost scary sometimes it feels illegal to be in there yes like i don't know why it just doesn't feel official like i like whenever they have and then the other thing about radio shack that uh i think you don't learn until you like try to get into podcasts you know you have to deal with some type of technical computer stuff they have a cord for everything yes because we got we have like the most obscure cords. yeah do you have the a31526 yes we got that one would you like red blue green orange i mean the but gold tips are better i mean like they have cords that are like connect a car battery to like a usb port <laughs> yes like i don't like it's just and, weird shit in there and jump that, on the zone yeah it doesn't even make sense like oh yeah this is a cord that uh it takes like uh like the ability to lactate and you could power an mp3 player with it like yes who, who thought of this yes. and we have an adapter that also allows you to hook it up to your tv yeah like it's, it's a, it is a, it is amazing and it's always shit that you know i i ride around town searching every other store for i can't find it nowhere i go to radio shack Back. and it's like the person immediately is like oh yeah that's right here yes and you're the fifth person to date exactly and it will cost twice as what you probably think it should cost mm-hmm. but that's just at that point you it doesn't even, matter you don't even care they're the only game in town that has these like weird ass connections like 
you know they were the only people i could find that had the old school usb ports that connected to a new school usb port Mm -hmm. and that shit seems like it doesn't matter until you have a generation one ipod yes a generation one ipod with a screen with the will that clicks like it literally moves it's not sensing no. your finger it looks like a brick yeah, yeah. it looks I like rock, a big ass brick i rock with mine for a very long time only radio shack had that shit and i went everywhere i went to comp usa and i've never stepped in a comp usa in my life, life until that day <laughs> i was like what the hell is this everything in comp usa is covered with dust like indiana jones temples and ah! and and it's and, and and even in there they didn't have the cord so yeah, man. Um, I, that, that's I, just bizarre to me, though, that, that, that they would have stuff like that because I, I was actually – I was walking around the mall yesterday, and I saw Radio Shack, and I thought, wait, Radio Shack still exists? Right. That's how They're I around. feel. I yes. know where I know where the Radio Shacks are in Charlotte, and even still when I go there, I'm still surprised they're there. Yes. You know? I'm like, well, I guess I'll go to Radio Shack and pick it up. Wow, they're still open. Look at you. Wow. That's amazing, One day guys. I will come here and sit clothes sign, but until then – Right. <laughs> Selling cell phones and yes, <laughs> and, and first generation cell phone. Yeah, and 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 cords that connect a cassette tape to, to a VHS to a HD to a beta to a HD TV. Um, how how did Radio Shack survive, but Circuit City didn't? That just boggles my mind. Yeah, you, yeah. You know what? I, I was actually listening to the NPR, and they were saying they were actually was covering this. And they said the bigger reason why is because, like, right to say, they have such obscure stuff that people actually need that people will go there and play twice as much because they don't want to do with Walmart. They don't want to be lost in the other sections and things like that. Or either like that, like I said, they want a few people that sells like the the uh, size D extra wide batteries and shit like that. You can't find nowhere else. Yeah. I mean, you can Google it online, but you're like, hey, by the time I wait for somebody to get here, I could just go pay twice as much and go and come home. Yeah, I have no idea why Circuit City didn't work, honestly. Although I will say this, those people never knew what the fuck they were talking about. So that's probably got something to do with it. Oh, and I always lost and confused. Yeah, they never had. Like, Best Buy does it too, but somehow they're staying in business. But I don't comprehend I, that. I hate places like that where I'm starting, I guess the older I get, the more I'm feeling like, I appreciate people that know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, me too. Me too. I used to just be like, I like a cheap price. I'll take the time to look for it myself. Mm-hmm. But now I'm grown and I'm just like, point me to the exact shit I want. Yes. This is take, this, I don't have all day. No, I, I don't have time. I'm, you know, once you, and, and I'm to the point now where I'm like, hey, I have a question about this and, I don't know. A lot of people have customer services almost gone out the window. Yes, there are asshole customers, but also when I ask you a question, I do expect you to know something. Yeah. Um. Now listen, if you're in the chat room, brace yourself, guys. Okay. Oh. I'm about to show you the scariest thing you'll probably see this year, and I'm talking about scarier than the purge. What's that? Huge. Oh, what the yes. hell is that? Those, those are Chinese hornets that are going around and um terrorizing and killing people oh shit you serious according to recent reports out of china 21 people have died as a result of wasp things over the past three months in the province of Shanxi alone uh it might be time to just pack up our bags and return to the moons we came from according to this snarky article um but uh yeah there's there's been more 
frequent uh hornet attacks than usual in china this year um people are you know get dozens of people are dying uh 28 people have died and hundreds uh have been injured in a wave of attacks by giant hornets in central china victims described being chased for hundreds of meters oh shit by the creatures and stung as many as 200 times <gasps> most of the attacks in the past three months were in remote rural wooded areas in the southern shanxi uh province of china's business china's business newspaper recorded in the city of Ankong alone 18 people have died from the stings health official zhao yong hong uh told associated press uh people in the cities of hezong and shanglo uh have also been injured the insects highly toxic stings can lead to anaphylactic shock and renal failure an official from Ankong's Disease Control Center urged people to seek medical help if they receive more than 10 stings. Can you imagine counting? Like, uh, it's only nine. I guess I'll be okay. <laughs> um, and, and warned the emergency treatment that, uh, was required for any sting, anyone stung more than 30 times. Uh, one woman was in her 50s and she had to spend almost a month in the hospital and was still incontinent after receiving more than 200 stings. A man from her village near, uh, died. He actually died from kidney failure. Oh, shit. This is like the scariest shit ever. <laughs> like, And they huge as shit. Like, yeah, that's the thing, guys. If you ever, I might make it the show art, but these hornets are literally as big as your hand is wide across. And the, sting, I, the stingers are so long. I think we just discovered uh, the 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 next big villains in uh, in sci-fi original movies right here. <laughs> you know they got Mega Octopus and Gatoroid. I think now it's time for Giant Hornet. Yeah, Hornet NATO yeah. or uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah, wow. I can. I, I would definitely watch Hornet like Kane. yeah. I would watch. <laughs> I would definitely watch Hornet Kane. Uh, I would definitely watch that. That would be cool. Just a beehive with a big old hurricane floating around it. They're like they're so big they oh look like models. You know what I mean? Like yes! they look like toys or something that your kids would play with. But they are hornets. So Akia in the chat says, Are those the hornets from the Hunger Games? <laughs> <laughs> they they look like the hornets from the, the Hunger Games, y'all. Do, do I do I need to get on my patent to have uh Ray in the in the in the uh, uh carry on? Then you know how we got the Ray and the big ass candle. Can I have like a a small version? I just kind of carry on me at all times in case someone can walk up on me. I, I can I, spray his I, ass. I honestly feel like Ray wouldn't work on these. Oh shit! I, I feel know. like these hornets are like the Al Qaeda of hornets. Like, or they like they actually have like terrorist cells. They like plot shit. They like oh, so they taking out all the, all the beehives. You know, we gotta take them honeybees out. Yeah. Fuck them niggas. I feel like these hornets would like find a way past your alarm system and sneak ah! into your house before I, I even think striking. They stumbled into some gamma radiation. Yeah, and you, yeah, that, something happened. Now they're like the whole hornets. Yes, and they're invincible to to all bug spray. Yes, wow. these are our hornets. These are you set them on fire and they keep coming at you. Uh, it, this says, uh, Horner's attacks have been a recurring problem in the area from May as to late as November. So they even stay awake. Even when it's getting cold, they're still like, I can sting one more person. Oh, do they not hibernate? They're like, we right here all year long. Uh, well, May to November. So I guess, you know, after November before May, right? 
36 people died in the city 715 were injured between 2002 2005 but zao says the issue had been particularly severe this year possibly because of weather changes well china does not really believe in global warming so maybe this will change some shit up hey like, i know ain't that the truth it's like we believe we believe goddamn what do we need to do don't sting me no more <laughs> yeah okay we'll cut some of the fucking pipe the uh some of the um smoke pipes off okay guys um experts have suggested that as the warmer temperatures in the area have led the hornets to breed more successfully that laborers have been moving deep into the areas where they may disturb nests and that the insects are sensitive to chemicals found in food and cosmetics well they get angry when they hear it out like what do you mean sensitive um they only att- oh mean must mean especially with cosmetics maybe the scent and the perfume that people out there wearing oh okay and, and, and it kind of like okay something out here other than us the they attack humans only if disturbed but they are carnivorous and can quickly destroy bee colonies so they they'll kill oh bees. so they do be after them bees mm-hmm yeah um so the apparently their fire service has removed over 300 hornet's nests this summer but experts said that the problem was unlikely to end entirely until the temperature drops oh man well they destroy them when the temperature drops and every and everybody's chilling hibernation mode i don't know maybe it's harder to find them i don't know must be uh moscow a (laughs) a ukrainian couple got a shock when uh, they were having some sex an attempt to spice up their sex life went badly wrong in the middle uh, for a middle-aged couple in central Ukraine when they were run over by a train while having sex on the railroad tracks. They didn't hear the train coming. Did the train sneak up on them? I don't know. I guess. Did they, it have his lights turned out? Guess she had a train run up on her. It's those special Russian stealth trains. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe she was uh, getting it in the caboose when the caboose hit her. (laughs) The woman died on the spot. The man lost both legs and was hospitalized. Oh, how did he he live? I don't, I don't know. The man and his girlfriend failed to overcome their natural, their natural passions when walking home and wanted to experience an extreme sensation near the railroad tracks. Well, they did. Well, you couldn't have did it off the tracks. Well, I don't think there's anything more extreme than being horribly maimed or dying. Yeah, ain't no well, sex that good. Well, obviously he was on top and was able to push himself off in yeah. time. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, the saddest part is that he didn't get that sandwich afterwards, so. Nope. You always have to regret I, that. Yeah, he was like, damn it, she almost made the 300. The, <laughs> the duo were run over by a switcher locomotive, the report said, adding that the incident took place near the city of Zazapur, right? I don't know how to pronounce that shit. Um, and on early Saturday morning, the industry did not release the victim's name, saying only that the man was 41 and the woman appeared to be 30-something and uh, made of peanut butter and jelly at this point. Of course. I say white. I know we're not playing against the race. Right. Um, Disney World. Who else is a fan of Disney World? Land of magic and wonder and joy. Um, well, you know who else is our, you know what I, I like about Disney World, Karen? What's that? Is that they're kind of like me. They're about fairness. Like, you know how I will park in a pregnant woman's handicapped space at the, uh, ah! at the YMCA because it's the if, closest one? If I'm in a rush, I do the carpool. And being pregnant is a choice. I didn't make that choice. Oh, Lord. That's your fault. <laughs> I, well, I gotta live with a world where you're knocked up. I gotta be nicer to you. Come on, lady. Um, 
well fans of walt disney world were fuming last spring following reports of people gaming the system that allowed disabled park guests to advance to the front of the line now it seems the entitled few have ruined it for everyone disney parks has just announced a change in policy people with disabilities will no longer be allowed to go to the front of the line uh, yeah because th- i think we even read stories where people were like faking their children being sick and things like that or 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 uh or coming with people in wheelchairs and things like that when they really wasn't disabled and what's unfair is this you want the quote-unquote advantages of being disabled but your ass really don't want to be disabled because being disabled ain't no joke yeah you gotta be a real disgusting person to be like all right timmy i'll wait it ain't i'm gonna it to need me. i'm gonna need you to walk with a limp no all right mm-hmm. we are gonna get we're gonna no we're gonna get to go see it's a small world but timmy ah i'm gonna need you to walk with your foot a little bit lippy like turn that foot inwards and i'm gonna need you to talk a little funny do you want to get on the ride or not you know that's a lot of pressure for a little kid and yes. of course they do it i'd do it if i was like eight i don't know the fucking difference you know oh. and now I'm, a, I'm i'm complicit in your crime but defrauding people that are actually you know standing in line to get on the ride man and and i feel bad for like children with like children with real disabilities adults with right real disabilities that now a lot of them may not even come because i say hey uh we for whatever disability is we can't wait three hours in a line yep uh it certainly has been problematic we wanted to curb some of the abuse to the system uh further a statement by disney provided by to yahoo shine through a spokesperson noted we have an unwavering commitment to make our parks accessible to all guests given the increase in volume of requests we receive for special access to our attractions we are changing our process to create a little more consistent experience for all our guests while providing accommodation for guests with disabilities we engage disability groups such as autism speaks to develop this new process which is in line with the rest of our industry so yeah no more skipping the line for you guys you ruined it for everybody mm-hmm I was waiting anyway, so it don't affect me, but I just feel bad for people that have real disabilities. Well, now you got to wait like me. You see? Because you, you took it too ah. far. Um, Did you guys know that uh, there is a Venezuelan prison that is off the hook? Oh, okay. It has a swimming pool. In the prison? Mm-hmm. Swimming they pool keeping in the a prison. Fit? Uh, I don't know if it's keep them fit or just like to relax. I don't, you know. I don't know. I'll be scared. They I don't know what the them. rule they, is. They drown themselves or somebody else. Uh, but they have a swimming pool. They have overnight accommodations for guests. That's right. You oh, can shit. have overnight guests at your p- prison. What is a prison resort? Hey man, come to the prison, man. Hang out this weekend. It's for conjugal visits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But keep them all night, not just five minute hand job and you know over by the commissary nope talking all night sex time guys <laughs> plenty of places to drink and even somewhere to treat yourself to some tasty barbecue chicken this is no fancy tourist attraction or resort it's a prison come visit come visit venezuelans Venezuela's san antonio prison the place that's so nice and comfortable that many inmates never want to leave one inmate, <laughs> one inmate, Ricardo, a drug trafficker, tells SBS Dateline reporter Giovanna Vitola how good they really have it. I found a restaurant. I found a place with barbecue chicken. <gasps> there are places to drink. It is not like a prison, he, he says. 
uh vitatola was given unprecedented access to the place criminals in Venezuela dream about being sent to her footage was which was shot entirely on her iphone and airs on dateline tonight reveals relative comfort uh, inmates enjoy while incarcerated as guards walk carefree around the facility inmates and guests can be seen dancing enjoying a barbecue even swimming in the pool with their partners and families Vitola was given access by a crim- by the criminal in charge of the prison known as the rabbit so they're not even hiding that the prison that the pri- inmates are in charge of the prison wow <laughs> it's like uh i would like to to you know get a guest pass to it well let me ask the rabbit um we'll see what we can do for you ma'am uh her footage goes on to show how many inmates live comfortably while there for the duration of their sentences and others who have it so good they don't want to leave one woman shown on the footage reveals how inmates have access to guns drugs and everything it's probably like his own little city I feel like and everything means sex. Oh yeah, and prostitutes and the whole nine, yeah. But the unusual take on prison reform isn't without its critics, with many questioning how the culture of guns, violence, and drugs is allowed to take place. It's not the first time the prison has made headlines. In April, it, re- it was revealed that San Antonio, located in the Villazuela Ar- Island of Margarita, well, hey, there's your problem right there. <laughs> yeah. Name uh, of the island. Yeah. Opened up a nightclub for inmates complete with DJs, lights, and strippers. Hi! the nightclub mm-hmm. dj incarceration on the ones and twos here we go work guys. the yard by day party by night right let's play a do little they, do they have to do they have to pay for this stuff is there some sort of economic system in place like yes. okay you can go to the strip club but it's going to cost you five packs of cigarettes <laughs> right or uh you got to come up off of some of those oatmeal cream pies but uh yeah you can definitely come to the party tonight uh iris varela who runs the country's prison system defended the move saying it reduced violence and improved the quality of life for inmates villasuela's prisons are notorious for having the highest level of overcrowding in latin america originally built to house fourteen thousand inmates the country's prisons now hold about fifty thousand and Ooh. often have low sanitary standards and high levels of violence uh so Just i guess say, we will have to pay this and have them killing each other i guess so man if prison was like that i guess a lot more people wouldn't mind going that's yeah, true all right um let's go ahead and get into well actually no i actually have one more article two more articles they're about uh famous people okay movie stars quote quote unquote mm-hmm. uh amanda bonds has been formally diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder um and it's funny because of all the things that we joke on about this show We've never really gotten into any Amanda Bond shit because mm-hmm. uh, I always had this like like some people they are acting out in such a weird way where you just go something it's must mentally, be wrong with mentally them wrong yeah like they can't like this is so not normal there's no end game like yeah there's certain type of people like say a Kardashian does something and you go okay yeah what is the show like premiere next week uh, yes yeah, that, that's funny but with yeah. this it was like okay something is not really- even not even funny karen i just mean like um uh, it's like did you guys know kim kardashian was seen walking with her baby and uh holding a bottle of wine or something you like saying, yeah okay what what's what's going on you know like what what's coming yeah. up is the season premiere is next week right yeah he's yeah. like you know kim kim and the baby is coming up with his own series on e right 
but Amanda Bonds is just doing crazy shit and there was no, no fucking like logic behind there's it. no reality show coming out there's no album yeah. coming out there's no movie coming out Had nothing it's just like her being crazy well apparently she's been formally diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder um I feel like it explains so much shit yes it does you know the wigs the weird ass like drug stuff she got in trouble with freaking out on the cops claiming the cops were like trying to feel her vagina and stuff like that like just weird stuff that she was bringing up it's like okay yep um uh her parents uh released a statement saying that upon the recommendation of healthcare professionals at the ucla medical center bonds is receiving specialized treatment in the facility outside of los angeles uh parents also insisted that their troubled daughter was making great strides towards recovery um and she's been hospitalized for a psychiatric evaluation uh, or she was hospitalized for a psychiatric evaluation allegedly after setting fire uh in a, a fire in a california neighborhood and was later transferred to ucla medical center for further treatment um you know the other thing too man it could be some drug shit too you know yeah. a lot of these people get on drugs and they're all fucked up man and i uh, yeah, can't she, handle she's that been shit doing it for years too yep well 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 do you think this this is going to change anything do you think this is going to change how the media portrays amanda Bynes or how people on the internet treat amanda Bynes? i don't think it's going to change anything it's, at all it's sad that's a true sad statement i think it'll change if her behavior changes you know what i mean because if like if if she shows up in a blonde wig with the shades on and wearing pajamas in the middle of the street no it won't change because people don't really give a fuck about uh anyone's mental care as long as long as it's funny or mockable then people are gonna roll with that but if like say she did get treatment and she was able to like kind of become a spokesperson to talk about some of these issues or use her celebrity to like draw attention to it and tell people like you know get diagnosed you know pay attention i think i think you would see some people change you know like it but it will all it is all based on her and then our perception of quote unquote her changing you know that's my prediction anyway but we'll see what she does because she might just want to chill she might not want she might just be like can i go home and work on my own sanity for my own health sake you know um but yeah totally if i think if she wants people to view her a certain way she could um but you know totally up to her um this is also weird mia farrow who was married of course to uh woody allen uh she has a son 25 years old um she just told vanity fair in the the in the november issue that frank sinatra might possibly be the father of her son her son who thought woody allen was his father all this time wow celebrities are crazy man like why would you just tell the world some shit like this like well well, did, did her son not know uh according to this uh no woody allen thought he was his father um so did, did did she not talk to woody allen or her son before doing this interview oh Is i don't i don't like actually yeah. how they are finding out yeah i don't oh, i don't know messed up. i don't know if this is how they are finding out but i will go on a limb and say uh this is probably not how they want the world to find out ain't that the truth you know what i mean it's like if i if your mom said andrew listen uh this is gonna be tough to tell you but your father's not your real father there's or possibly not there's some speculation it might have been another guy okay 
and you're like okay mom that was a tough talk i need to think about this and uh, i'm glad you told me and then also uh i told vanity fair so that'll be out in november <laughs> ah! uh you might want you might want to look out for that <laughs> they'll be calling you soon yeah you might see a couple articles a couple of internet get a couple texts i yeah, don't know they'll be snapping pictures of you son also the fact that there's no paternity test done like that was my question it's like wouldn't you want that done to confirm that before you just kind of blanketly pull it out there because now you're talking about a whole nother set of family to go nah yeah um but yeah anyway that was weird um not gonna get too far into that um we do have some vi- some games to play guys and uh you know, I would not be, it wouldn't be the blackout test if we didn't get to our game section. So, uh, first game first, we have, uh, fucking with black people. Let me get my, uh, game music, music up. Ready? And, uh, here we go. Fucking with them black people. That's right. It's time to play fucking with black people. It's a game that we play around here on the Blackout Test where we find different articles from around the world and uh, we rate them on a scale from zero to a hundred um, for fucking with black people. Um, today's article. Wait, let me stop. I'm about to say we done got jazzy. Yeah, I don't think I've ever got that far into the music uh, before. Um, and I'm I, I can't even see my article. What happened to my article? huh uh i may have lost my article oh maybe we get the day off from fucking with black people uh nah i think i think life just won the game yeah you know what i think i'm gonna i'm gonna use this uh youtube clip from the first 90 minutes of grand theft auto that's what i'll do um this is the first 90 minutes of grand theft auto and i'm gonna call it fucking with black people because i'm pretty sure no black people wrote this game but um this is what it sounds like knock knock nigga uh, obsessed with sex nigga I'm doing this lick nigga you love me for it nigga <laughs> that's right homie nothing but love nigga this nigga must be man what the fuck is wrong with you nigga i was getting us paid what the fuck is wrong with you nigga everything nigga everything and you his cousin nigga you said you was gone yeah. with all that ass nigga she got ass i got your ass you scared of dogs, nigga? Nigga, that's that Apache blood in me, homie. It's waiting to be taken, nigga. Oh, nigga got airs now. Oh, nigga don't hate me because I'm beautiful, nigga. He's about a yes master ass nigga. Hey, Apache blood, you gonna be able to trace this nigga if he goes to the ground? Who you calling a nigga? No, no, I'm not calling nobody a nigga. What? So the fuck what, nigga? Magellan Ave, nigga. Man, step up, nigga. Drunk ass nigga. Be cool, nigga. Ain't no motherfucking bike in here, man. No shit, nigga. Oh, nigga, I ain't afraid to get my hands dirty. Oh, so what's up now, nigga? You snitching or something? Oh, oh shit, bitch ass nigga. Fuck you, nigga. I'm out of here. Fuck come on, get bitch. that nigga. Come on, nigga. I'm gang out here. You make friends wherever your ass go, nigga. Up there, shoot that nigga. Bust his ass. Fans gonna be on you before you can even move, nigga. Man, we only came here for a fight. And that motherfucker is right there. Hey, nigga, come. There's a couple, nigga. Which one you want, nigga? Surveillance, my nigga. You look, nigga. Do like the little cars. Oh, nigga. And we ain't going to neither, nigga
Nigga, you just sitting your ass there with your feet kicked up. This is a big black motherfucker, nigga. Your creeping days is over. Nigga, you need to slow it down. We can walk and talk at the same time, my nigga. No one creeps on the J-Dog, my niggas. This is your boy. You want some paper, my nigga? Just starting another beef with the fucking ballers, nigga. Fuck you, nigga! Bobby Big Dick on a nigga, huh? Could've creeped up on this nigga. Cops all over, nigga. Nigga. <laughs> Who took the time to chop this up? That is only the first 90 minutes of gameplay. And that's uh, if you're just playing straight person. Yeah, well, you can change between like three different characters. And one character is obviously a black character. Um, and, you know, he, he deals with a lot of other black people. But, uh, yeah, I, I would give um, this a 100. The reason I give this 100 out of 100 is because this game sold a billion dollars worth of games in three days so everybody got this and i'm sure it's not only black people playing this oh no there's all kinds of white people, people playing this asian just bombarded with yeah. the n-word left and right uh yeah, like there are 10 and 11 year old white kids <laughs> yes. playing this game and and they probably use it a lot of them may use it more than the video game get on xbox online online and yeah, uh yeah and uh play some of the games at play call of duty and you'll be like yeah. oh yeah this is uh this makes sense but yeah I, I how, how long was that clip two minutes and nine seconds okay i love the fact that you played the whole thing because it actually ended up illustrating kind of a deep point about how 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 uh how how racism works mm-hmm. uh the longer that video went on the more desensitized and bored I became. Right. <laughs> and that is racism in a nutshell right there. If you are in a culture where you are surrounded by that, it just becomes the normal, everyday, mundane experience for you. Yeah, I, yes. I just like that. I just like that. Uh, it That's only 90 minutes in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the, like the, if, if, for people that play video games, it's probably like 20 hours of gameplay. Like, at least and that's if you just do the main issue mission so like you know we're talking about a game people will be playing for hundreds of hours, hours. over the next year or so and that's just the first 90 minutes so um but I, you know for me when i was playing it i was like i'm kind of glad they they went there because it was like they pushed the envelope with every fucking thing else on that game you know yeah. if i if, if i'm sure i can make two minutes of misogyny two minutes of uh, jokes about gay people two minutes uh like it's really a fucked up game that kids it, shouldn't be playing yeah um and i feel like every parent should have to watch that in public before telling me that their 10 year old can handle playing grand theft auto true um all right let's talk about our other game which is of course guess the race It's time for some guess the race. Guess the race time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show across all the podcast land. I'm even getting reports, Karen, that people in Birmingham are stealing Guess the Race for their local radio station. Cool. <laughs> cool that we are getting stolen from. That's correct. <laughs> Karen thinks it's cool. Cause we ain't got no patent on it. Yep. Today's guest is actually uh andrew from the filmgeekradio.com and cinema fix and movie mezzanine and a whole bunch of other shit that he does uh you ready to play some guest the race andrew i am i'm very ready i'm a little bit nervous about what this could mean if i if i screw this up but okay 
All right. Yeah, well, let's play. It's the only game where there's no winners. I mean, <laughs> if you're right, then uh, you, your racism and stereotypes are on point. And if you're wrong, then uh, you you don't win the game. So um, <laughs> here's the first one. It is about a news report about a gang that made a $1,000 heist thousand dollar heist here we go all right criminals steal all sorts of things from cash to copper but as fox 16's melissa schroeder found out apparently human hair is now a hot commodity too melissa that's right suzanne we talked to the owner of wig and beauty plus in north little rock today just after a group of women robbed the store it's a crime that was caught on camera for the past 20 some years yumi has been in the business of selling hair just come back and she's never seen anything quite like this and they come here just one minute, try to take everything for mine. Just before 4 o'clock this afternoon, Yumi says a group of nine girls, one carrying a baby, stormed her store looking for hair extensions, but not planning to pay for the merchandise. Uh, eight to nine children come in, young teenager come in. In this video, you can see the ladies gathered around a display looking at the hair. Yumi says at some point, the girls opened up empty purses and shoved the expensive extensions inside. Two oh. just pushing me everywhere. I mean, I'm so nervous. Uh, I never have uh, this problem. Then the girls took off running, knocking over everything in their way. I, I tried to grab it. I tried wow. to punch them. And they do, they're young, you know. They can do faster. I'm 51, you know. The suspects jumped in a car and sped off. Yumi says they stole $1,000 worth of stuff. But what they didn't steal, her joy or love of selling this hair. Something she plans to continue doing for a long time. She had quite the personality, and Yumi did report this crime to police. It's under investigation tonight. So if you recognize anyone in the video, please call North Little Rock Police Department and help her out. Wow, Superman. and Yumi, she was really fighting to get her the hair extensions she back. She was. Such an odd you know, thing to steal. Do we know why these women wanted to steal the hair? Well, I don't know if you've ever bought hair extensions, Suzanne. <laughs> I have. They're super expensive. Yeah. And mm -hmm. she says apparently what they do is they'll, they'll steal a lot of these hair extensions and then sell them on the street for the I cash. See. So that's apparently what's happening right. here. Well, this is the first I've ever heard of people stealing some hair extensions. What's Thanks. next, right? Right. Thanks a lot, Melissa. You're welcome. And here's your Fox 16 bottom line. All right. So in this case, I want you to guess the race of Yumi, the shop owner. That's right. Not the, the shop owner, y'all. Yeah, not the actual uh, people who stole the weave, although they also were all the same race. Um, not as Yumi, but they were all one race. But uh, guess the race of Yumi, the shop owner. I am going to guess that she is Asian. All right. That's right. Okay, so he's going to guess Asian for this. Let's check with the chat room. The chat room also plays along, and they are quite racist. They are very good at this game. Uh, let's see what they believe the race is. Uh, I actually have to scroll up a lot of guesses for this already. Miss Swan says, Sh "Shine." Oh, uh, <laughs> hood rats in facts black. That that's not the, what I asked you to guess. The follower, um, I asked you to guess the shop owner. Uh, I feel sorry for your mother. Mes message says Redbone Sonya. <laughs> so for everybody that's ever watched, I'm gonna get. Uh, wait, that's a uh, don't be a menace. menace. Um, Joe Spacey says one who better watch out for mega hornets Asian. <laughs> <laughs> one, one that is likely to get attacked by giant hornets, Asian. Asian, hurry up and buy. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you hurry up and buy. Creator of those big ass hornets, Shirley Wong's auntie Korean, 
also owns a korean barbecue wild pack of negresses with well that's 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 not the uh well let me read it anyway with reckless abandoned but they but those surly spear chuckers couldn't curve yumi's love for exploitation of the black community i vote vietnamese ha my bad asian uh one who was offended by dick tracy cartoon joe jitsu (laughs) 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 shanghai space grasshopper and one who has a rep as a bad driver and very good at math the correct answer (laughs) is asian all right everyone got that one right right on it she was good i liked her uh a boynton beach man old florida is behind bars wednesday after police say he sold drugs to an undercover officer on four occasions oh four (laughs) four is a magic number you know i guess so i guess three strikes you ain't out you get an extra in it (laughs) all right he went to overtime yeah he did justin baker 20 sold cocaine and prescription painkillers to the officer in june and prescription drugs Mm -hmm. in june and august according to a delray beach police refresh report the two met at a subway on linton boulevard in a neighborhood near the village academy at the pompey Park. i feel bad for that subway they're like man we're just trying to sell our sandwiches yep uh baker was arrested tuesday and booked in the palm beach county jail he, he faces one count of selling cocaine two counts of selling it near a school or a park and one count of selling opium or derivative near a school or a park yeah they got him for everything i see how jared lost all the weight oh <laughs> yes doing that <laughs> late wednesday he remained jailed in lieu of fifty thousand dollars bail according to the palm beach county sheriff's office uh guess the race of mr jared i mean sorry justin baker uh drug dealer huh um i'm going to go with white all right going with white let's check the chat room see what they believe he got four chances to sell drugs white no crack (laughs) no mollies he whiter than a name brand percocet all right oh um redneck trevor from grand theft auto 5 white walter wizite <laughs> not cheech but chong white cast member of the wire black it took four acts of trafficking to get him arrested the high the highly privileged a member of mmg uh it's made black music group um <laughs> that would be black the cousin of the girls who stole the hair oh <laughs> um boy crowder from justified uh, I don't know what race he is, but he is white. Okay. Okay. The correct answer it is black. Oh. You got to put that in the chat room, baby. They might not believe you. That's right. A couple people got They're it right. right. So some, some folks got it right. And uh, I put it in the chat room so you guys can click on it yourselves yeah, and see. Yeah, because when it's like that, people don't be believing us. I don't believe you. Now I got thrown. I would have been thrown off by it too because they said that he uh, was selling cocaine, and I feel like cocaine is a white people's drug. But I guess you know that doesn't mean you can't sell cocaine to white people, right? Um. <laughs> well, right? When, you, when you said his name was Justin Baker, I was torn because mm. that could be either a white person or a black person. That's true. If you're just going by stereotypical names. So I think it's time to get into the bonus round, man. Uh you're one for one so far. 
uh but let's see if maybe you can step it up when we get into the bonus round of guess the race double the points double the race double the points double the race that's right guys it's the bonus round time where everything is double the points and double the racism so if you missed a couple don't worry you can get right back in the game with a couple of correct answers yes you can are you nervous andrew i am so ready for this all right here we go uh actually i think i can play this one let me see Oh, nah, it's just the, the courtroom footage. All right, a Lowell man, um, I guess Lowell County or Lowell Street, I don't know. Anyway, uh, a man with a golf, with golf ball sized lumps on his head and cuts on his face. 46 year old, a 46 year old Lawrence man was ordered held without bail pending a dangerousness hearing after a woman told Tewksbury police that he tried to rape her at knife point so she repeatedly hit him on the head with a frying pan <laughs> ah! that was like some Tom and Jerry shit Thomas you bet you seen them stars in Lowell District Court Monday Judge Thomas Brennan ordered Frank Harrison uh, who was appearing with what appeared to be a hospital gown on <laughs> She sent that motherfucker to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She was like, you're going to have to work for this one. Couldn't have it to a nicer person. Uh, held after he pleaded not guilty to armed assault to rape, uh, to rape, indecent assault and battery on someone 14 or older and kidnapping. A dangerousness hearing is scheduled for Friday. Prosecutor Rachel Perlman, uh, that early Sunday morning, uh, said early Sunday morning, Tewksbury police responded to an extended stay America. <laughs> nothing good ever happens there like don't extend your stay in that place no it's more like extended stay crime report uh for it's gonna be an extended stay because you're never gonna leave right extended you know, stay csi stay. they should they should come out with that as one of the csis <laughs> extended stay. yeah csi extended stay america uh for a report of a man covered in blood and blended bleeding from uh lacerations on his head harrison was bleeding from lacerations above his right ear under his left eye under his chin he also had lumps on his head he was transported to the hospital to be evaluated Ooh, she beat him like a drum police spoke to the alleged victim who said he tried to rape me the alleged victim told police that she met harrison at a party in lowell he offered her a ride to what she believed was another party instead they drove to the tewksbury hotel Harrison and the victim went to his room where the woman called a friend to pick her up. It was then that Harrison allegedly took off his clothes from the waist down, grabbed the woman, and attempted to rape her. Harrison allegedly grabbed a steak knife while the victim hit Harrison in the head with a pot. When the friend heard screaming, he began banging on the door. Harrison heard the friend coming out of the hall, allegedly threw the knife, and ran out the door. Threw the knife? Was he a ninja? What the fuck? What was the <laughs> logic to that? Um, but the Finn's attorney, Karen Goldberg, argued that this was a setup for Harrison. Uh, hotel employee took a call from the alleged victim telling the employee not to let her friends up. Um, and then she called saying her friends could come up. And that's when Harrison came downstairs bleeding. Goldenberg said it was absolutely untrue that Harrison assaulted the woman and she defended herself. Goldenberg said this could have been a scheme to rob Harrison. See, nothing, nothing good happens in extent. That's what the lesson here is, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this guy's a rapist or an attempted, like, robbery victim, 
what i do know is this happened at extended state State. america yeah so it was not good for anybody (laughs) yeah nothing good is gonna happen here uh the clothing was taken for analysis and the scene was processed uh guess the race of mr frank harrison uh frying pan victim i am going to go with white again all right let's check the chat room uh that pot that pot called that nigga black oh willie lump lumps a nigga wait Willie lump lump ass nigga my mammy done hit the scary black buck with her frying pan one who believes in the land of milk and cheese i mean honey unable to extend <laughs> unable to extend it stay with it with two blocks of a school or a park white <laughs> wish that frying pan was used for grilled cheese sandwiches um <laughs> white says trojan the correct answer is black oh and i don't know if i should be upset or proud yeah i know it's a confusing game um i don't know if anyone got it right but if you did yeah some people did all right last guess the race article all right let's see if we can get everybody back in this Prosecutors say Alice Louise Uden shot her ex-husband in the back of the head as he slept and dumped his body in an abandoned gold mine on a ranch in the southeast Wyoming high count country. Oh, my. Five years later, her then future husband, Gerald Uden, allegedly shot his ex-wife on an outing to hunt birds in the farm and in, in the farm. What's going on here? And ranch country on central Wyoming. Police prosecutor said he then shot her two kids and hid the three bodies. <gasps> Gerald Uden, 71, and Alice Louise Uden, 74, were quietly living out their senior years in the rural Ozarks near Springfield, Missouri. Now they face extradition to Wyoming to answer allegations. Authorities say have gone unpunished for more than 33 years. Wow. What role their own relationship may have played into the slayings remains murky. Court documents have yet to hint at the motives or indicate at what point Alice and Gerald caught each other's eyes. And authorities are tight-lipped about details of their investigation, but the cases are likely to stir up old sentiments out in Wyoming open spaces. Earlier this year, the mother and granddaughter of Fremont County victims died without seeing any resolution to the case. Mrs. Martins spent the remainder of her life with the hope of learning what happened to them. Um, yeah, Gerald Uden is accused of killing 32-year-old Virginia Uden and her two children, Richard Uden, 12, and Reagan Uden, 10. He was arrested Friday and charged with three counts of first-degree murder, according to Wyoming Division of Criminal Investigation. Virginia Uden and her children were last seen in Fremont County in central Wyoming in 1980. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, According to an avid... <laughs> I wonder how they found out. Do you think uh there was like... Yeah, this- like, what cracked this case? No, I mean, how did the married couple find out they both killed their exes? <gasps> like, you think it was when the police showed up, or you think at some point during over the thirty years they do, were like, do, "Oh, do, what, what, you know what? What is the worst thing you've ever done?" And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to tell you, you know, I. What is worse thing? No, it can't be worse than mine. mine. It can't yeah. be worse than mine. No, no, I, it's pretty bad, and you know, I, I don't want to play this game. No, come on, come on. I, I, I tell you what, we'll say it at the same time. I murdered my ex-spouse and, oh my god, you too? <laughs> you both said it at the same time. Um, Isn't this a coincidence? Right. 
um but yeah according to affidavit gerald uden confessed to an investigator at his home friday that he shot virginia uden and her two small children with a 22 caliber rifle that virginia uden had bought so that they could all go bird hunting uden allegedly said he picked up all three september 30 of 1980 drove them to an area near a pavilion in fremont county all four got out the car uden shot his ex-wife then both boys then he allegedly process uh proceeded to conceal the bodies uh the county attorney declined to comment on any details of the case, including whether bodies of her and the two children were ever found. And court documents also didn't show when Alice and Gerald Uden met or indicate what their relationship played in the role of the killing. So that's just crazy, man. But guess the race of this wonderful couple that both killed their exes and went on to find the right person, you know, cause that's what life is about, guys. Finding the right person, person. to grow old with. And, and, w- and what they have in common, they have murder in common. Yeah, you have murder <laughs> in common. That is a strong bond. A really strong. So what do you think the race is here, Andrew? I'm going to say white again. Uh, Come on. There's, there's got to be one, one of these has to be white because there are so many crazy white people in the world. And, I mean, this was in Wyoming, mm-hmm. okay, in the middle of nowhere, wanted to go bird hunting. Okay, th- this has to be some white people yeah right now you're like that guy that keeps hitting taking a hit at 21 you know yes i'm, I'm like the gambling addict that, yeah. that that's the same number every time like <laughs> yeah. it's got to come up one eventually i want to put it all on black 22 um <laughs> psycho psycho killer norman bates white says jt rejected members of the manson family white all i have to hear is wyoming all white all the time says joe spacely the old couple from the book of eli who done who done killed them is wiggity 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 white natural born killers white natural born killers only white people are are wyoming lived in wyoming white wyoming means white oh these are american psycho christian bell white uh the correct answer is white all right no one missed that i don't think nobody missed that so one. uh we can't get out of here without talking about this though sore ratchetness samurai sword was used in an alleged attack on a joplin couple a 59 year old joplin man has been charged with felony assault in connection with the alleged attack on a couple with a samurai sword that's right people oh they are even attacking couples at this point <laughs> elijah m wright was arrested after an incident early friday on north cox avenue and was charged with second degree assault Police Lieutenant Matt Stewart said Wright, who lives in a trailer in the backyard, became argumentative with Tracy Y. Latham Hopkins, 51, an occupant of the house at the address, and grabbed her by her finger before retrieving a samurai sword from his trailer and swinging it at her and her husband, James S. Hopkins, 42, (gasps) and inflicting cuts to both the husband's forearm and stomach. Stewart said that neither Hopkins nor his wife had been transported to the hospital. So yeah this is another chance man like another story another tale of people with these swords losing their goddamn minds you can't even let them stay in your backyard next thing you know they're trying to chop you and your wife up for no fucking reason they, they think a sword gives them the right to do anything guys and i'm here to tell you you can stand up to that you don't have to be a victim all right let that be a lesson that you take with you into the weekend uh andrew man thank you so much for coming on the show thank man. you sweetie 
no problem it's been a lot of fun no doubt man we enjoyed you and yes, you uh did. everybody make sure you check out agents of shield cast um it's on itunes and stitcher and all that stuff i'm on it um if you're listening to or watching the agents of shield show uh it's a good little uh you know it's like it's like a dessert for a a, a meal of, of a tv show um so i would check that out they also do cinema fix um he does a ton, you do a ton of other shows too like tv review shows and stuff yeah um, we just wrapped up a podcast all about uh the last season of dexter we just launched a new podcast about the new season of homeland uh i talk about movies every week on cinema fix uh so this weekend we're going to be talking about gravity so if you plan on seeing that movie go see it come back listen to cinema fix um and yeah i do the agents of Shieldcast. so tune in and if you if you like it then leave us an itunes review and let us know Yep. Um, make sure you guys go to shadowdollproductions.com uh, and get four dollars worth of stuff so you can get a free DVD of the palette of their new TV sh- uh, series. So uh, that'd be a cool way to support the show. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. So until next time, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>